Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. We're in a series we're calling Jesus Illustrated, and this is week three. Uh, we're, we're looking at the life of Jesus, who He was, what He called Himself, Uh, what others called him, and then we're talking about what that means for us in our lives today. And today, I want to talk to you about Jesus, the physician. I I want you to know up front that I have been praying this week, I really have, for somebody to be healed today. I really would love to see that. The first Sunday, we talked about Jesus being the human. Second Sunday, we talked about Jesus being the Christ. Today, we're talking about Jesus, the physician. It makes some people uncomfortable when we talk about this subject, and people get nervous for a variety of reasons. Perhaps you saw somebody, some weird person somewhere doing something, and it freaked you out just a little bit. Uh, you Maybe you prayed or had somebody pray for you, and nothing happened, and, and uh, some people are even worried that they'll be labeled as extreme if they even talk about divine healing. But we don't just... Make, make it up that Jesus is a physician. Jesus referred to himself as a physician. So let's talk about this. The word physician comes from the word physical, and a definition would be someone who is skilled in the art of physical healing. You have uh, several physicians in this church. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to say I've met some of them And I have confidence in the abilities that they possess. So the question today is, is Jesus a physician? Is he someone who is skilled in the art of physical healing? I would tend to think so since he created these bodies. If I built and created a car from scratch, which is laughable because I'm the most unmechanical person you've ever seen. I'm the only person I know that was going to change the battery in the car and got the, the cable switched. Ended up not just a battery went bad, but then I had other things go wrong. So I'm not mechanical. But if I built the car, the parts, the engine, the body, I put it all together piece by piece, who do you think would be the best expert regarding that car? I would. Now, I want you to consider this. We're three parts. We are spirit, soul, and body. So I want to ask you a question today. Is Jesus concerned about your spirit? Is he? Is Jesus concerned about your soul? Well, isn't it sad, and I'm saying this facetiously, isn't it sad that he's only concerned about two-thirds of you? Because that would be the belief that some hold today, that somehow he's not concerned about our physical bodies. And I think he is concerned about our physical bodies. Uh, Now, let me say this, and I want you to hear me well and understand this. I believe that God heals three ways. I believe that there's three ways that our bodies are healed, naturally, medically, and supernaturally. Three different ways that God directs healing in our body. First of all, your body is designed naturally for healing. God designed you. He created you with the the ability to heal itself. If, If you didn't have that ability, the first time you had sliced your finger, you would have bled out. But your body has something in it that causes the blood to clot and the wound to heal over time. 
So you, you didn't evolve to that. God created you with that ability. God thought that up. He's pretty cool, huh? He thought up the immune system and how your body fights to rid itself of disease. And what happens when you get a fever? Uh, a fever is there to burn infection out of your body. Probably you've all been healed uh, medically as well. How many of you in uh, this building today have had stitches? Raise your hand if you've had stitches. Raise your hand if you've ever had a broken bone. Man, y'all are messed up. Y'all. Uh, how many of you have had minor surgery? Raise your hand if you've had minor surgery. How many have had major surgery? Raise your hand if you have. How many of you have had cosmetics? No, I'm joking. All right, I'm joking. That's a joke. Uh, if you've ever been treated medically and you ended up feeling better and that doctor helped you to get healing through the power of modern medicine, I believe God was behind that. God gives the wisdom. God gives the, the ability for doctors to do that. God gives the ability for the creation of medications. And uh, so if you've, if you've ever had that, you've experienced medical healing God gives that wisdom. Don't discount God's responsibility and, and when those types of healings take place. But I believe that God also heals miraculously and divinely. So go to Mark chapter 1. I'm going to show you a miraculous healing. Mark chapter 1, verse number 40. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing... You can heal me and make me clean. And he said, and I love these three words, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. Instantly, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Proof there that Jesus was a physician, that Jesus was a healer. So there's three points I want to make today about Jesus being a physician, and I actually want to make them as questions. Number one is this, why is Jesus a physician? I think it's important to examine this, to, to know why, why in the world would Jesus even want to be a physician? Remember, I emphasize those three words. He was moved with compassion. Here's another verse. Matthew 14, verse 14, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. So it's really a simple question. So let me give you a simple answer because he loves people. Jesus, the physician loves people. That's it. He saw sick people. He had compassion for them. He loved them. Jesus heals people because he loves them. And I, I have to say that because there's a heretical teaching that says Jesus only healed people because he was proving to people that he was Messiah and that he only healed for that period of time because he had to win people over to make sure that they understood who he was. Baloney, listen to me. He wasn't trying to prove he was the son of God. He is the son of God. He didn't have to prove anything to anybody. You know, Jesus wasn't carrying around the Torah saying, okay, uh, uh, watch this. Ah, there's one. Okay. Keep watching. Oh, there's two. I've got to do five today just to prove who I am. Jesus is a physician and he heals people because he loves people. 
Under number one, I have three sub points because I really need to tell you a few things that Jesus is not. And I have to tell you this, you got to get it right. There's been so much wrong teaching about healing. And when I start to talk about this, I actually can see some people's faces, just a little doubt creeping in and maybe some questions that you have. And there's a Hebrew word that so many Christians use. They don't even know it's a Hebrew word that they use, but it, most, most Christians, a lot of Christians use it. It's the word, yeah, but Jesus heals, yeah, but <laughs> Jesus is still a healer. Yeah, but. And a lot of people use it, but let me quote a verse of scripture. Was he a physician and is he a physician? Then Hebrews 13 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and. So we got to stop the doubt and stop using that Hebrew word, yeah, but. All right, let me tell you. I want to tell you that he's still a healer today. But, but, but three things Jesus is not. He's not a sensationalist. What that means is this. Jesus never healed anybody to draw attention to himself. You know, down here on earth, there's a lot of quote unquote faith healers. They do things because they want you to notice them. He never did it to be a show. In fact, many times after he healed somebody, you'll find in scripture that he would tell them, don't tell anybody. He told this leper, don't tell anybody. And, and I think the reason that Jesus did that was because he knew it wasn't his time and he knew it would cause envy that would cause his crucifixion because Mark 15, 10 says they handed him over to the cross over envy. So he, he knew that if he he's, it got out that he was doing all these good things that there were gonna be envious people that would want to crucify him. So when he told the leper, don't tell anybody, he was very serious about that. But you know that leper, it's funny, the scripture says he went out and told everybody, you would too, if you had been a leper in that day. Jesus never healed anybody for attention. And the problem today is that people had made a show out of healings and healings that happen in the world. Because of that, a lot of people are turned off. People see, they, they're not stupid, they see the show that's been made out of it. Jesus never did it for a show or a spectacle. Number two, Jesus is not a confessionalist. And I want to say this, I believe in speaking the word over our lives. But uh, the, the, when I was a child, uh, I used to, you know, I, would, I remember one time coming to church and saying, I have a headache. And somebody was standing there and said, don't confess that, but I have a headache. No, don't speak that, but I have a headache. I don't know if you've ever had anybody do that. It's like if you state the fact, somehow you're denying that there's faith in your life. Every movement and Christian faith has an extreme side to it. Hyper faith, hyper prosperity, hyper grace. So there's this hyper faith movement that says if you speak in facts, then you're denying faith. I have a headache. No, don't claim that. But I have a headache. Don't accept that. Listen, folks have been taught that it's wrong to state facts. Faith is not denying facts. It's stating the truth. I have been at the bedside of a lot of folks and gone into the hospital room and have said to them, you know what, medically the outlook is grim, but let's choose to trust Jesus because Jesus is a healer. 
And I don't put my faith in facts. I acknowledge facts, but I put my faith in Jesus. Is this making sense to anybody here today? We don't do that with salvation, do we? You're a sinner. No, I'm not. I don't claim that. No, you're a sinner. You sinned. I, I don't claim that. No, we're a sinner. Hey, you're a sinner, but we have a Savior who cleanses us from our sins and makes us in right standing with God. So it's not wrong to admit the facts. doesn't say you don't have faith. Number three, Jesus is not a dispensationalist. I hinted at this a few moments ago, but Jesus didn't just heal for the period of time he was on this earth, the three and a half years, and then stopped. He healed before, he's going to heal after, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. Have you heard of the I am statements in the Bible? Several times in scripture, Jesus makes I am statements. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Wouldn't it be awful if Jesus said, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. I used to be a physician, but no more. You still believe he's a good shepherd today? Do you still believe he's the way, the truth, and the life? Do you still believe he's a teacher? Do you still believe Jesus is the Messiah? I want to tell you, Jesus is still the great physician. And let me give you an I am statement from the Old Testament. And the I am was even before Jesus walked on this earth, and it's in Exodus. It says, I am the Lord who heals you. Say that with me. I am the Lord who heals you. Let me tell you, he is still a healer and he's still in the healing business. So let me give you a few more scriptures about how Jesus heals. Matthew 4, Jesus went out about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. By the way, side note, it says teaching and preaching. I believe in both. You believe in teaching and preaching? I'll tell you what, if you're new around here, come back when Pastor Smith is here because the man does some great teaching, but he can throw down and do some preaching too. Can I get an amen from somebody today? And you need both. Verse 24 of Matthew 4, then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those he were, who were uh, demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Matthew 8, and when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He bore our sicknesses. First Peter says that he bore our sins. Why well, believe that he, you're able to believe that he bore your sins. Why can't you believe the scripture that says he bore our sicknesses? Now Luke 4, chapter uh, Chapter 4, verse 40, and when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases were, were brought them to him, and he laid his hands on some of them, say everyone, every one of them, and healed them. What am I doing right now? I'm trying to build your faith, because I'm believing somebody is going to leave this room today healed by the power of Jesus Christ. 
So I'm giving you the word because that will go out and hopefully build your faith up. Luke 6, and he came down with them and he stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for the power went out from him, and he healed some of them. He healed them. Say it loudly. Let me ask you a question. If you had the divine power to heal people, how many people would you heal? Everybody you came in contact with, would you not? And why would Jesus be any different? But instead, we have a bunch of yebbets. Instead of, of believing that the word of God is true, we have a bunch of Hebrew scholars that use that word yebbet. He heals, he heals because he loves you. He cares for you. He has compassion for you. He healed all who came to him and some who didn't come to him. Are you hearing me? Some of them he called out. They didn't even ask to be healed. The man with the withered hand, he said, come up here. Stick your hand out. Put it back in. Take it out. And he was whole. He didn't even ask to be healed, but Jesus loved him enough to heal him anyway. Oh, this is good. Now, let me answer a few questions because I, 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 I see some of you screaming them at me right now. I feel it in my spirit. I've been doing this 30 years. I can hear some of you, you're sitting there quietly, but your face is saying, I'm not convinced. So let's talk about it. Here's the second question. Is it God's will to heal? Very few of us doubt Jesus' capability to heal us. We doubt whether or not he's willing to heal us. The leper didn't say, are you capable of healing me, did he? He said, are you willing are you willing to heal me? I'm a leper. Now, there's a, a few things that I want to say about this, in my opinion. This is one of the hardest things in Scripture to address. I think there are some people who wrestle with this idea a lot, especially if you have ever prayed for healing in your body in a specific way and not received it. So let me explain it in the simplest terms I know how to explain it. Go back to the story of the leper in Mark 1. The scripture says this, then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing. That's for anybody in this room today. Jesus is saying to you, Jesus is willing to heal and he doesn't change. It's amazing to me. Now, let me tell you about this word. We overcomplicate it. The word will means desire. Is it God's desire? Your last will and testament uh, you write or the desires that you have for the stuff you've accumulated after you, what's going to happen to it after you pass from earth. This is my will. This is my desire. This is what I, what I want to happen to my $78. Jesus, are you willing? Yes, I am willing. I have a desire to heal you. Jesus wants to heal you. And remember what I said so much so that he made sure that you would be healed totally when he died on the cross. 
an I am statement. He was, he is, and he always will be. He can never change, and he is willing. Let me show you times when we see God being willing in the scripture from the same kind of thing here. The Lord is, 2 Peter 3, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's desire, his will, is that every, plan, every person on planet earth be saved. Not everybody's going to be saved, but that's his desire. That's what he wants. Well, if it's his desire, then why aren't more people physically healed? I don't understand it, Pastor Dan. The problem is this. God's thoughts and your thoughts are not the same thoughts. Isaiah 55, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways uh, your ways, my ways, declares the Lord. And that's the point in your Christian experience when you have to become okay with waiting for that answer to come and waiting for that healing to come. And I, I think there's a variety of reasons we could talk about. I think some people neglect their bodies and then they want to bail out from God. If you eat terribly, you don't exercise, you do things that aren't healthy, you can't blame God for when things start going wrong. just quit preaching and went to meddling, didn't he? I think sometimes some of us are too intelligent for God to heal us. We look to everything else except God. Oh, y'all are quiet today. I'm going to say something in a minute that might rev you up a little. At home, we have a saying that's like this, prayer shouldn't be the, la uh, the last, uh, uh, help me, Greg. Prayer shouldn't be the, f should be the first response, not the last option. There we go. Prayer should be the first response, not the last option. But we, we, so, we are so smart and we're so intelligent and we got so many options and choices that we can try. Uh, and I, I think of a story, uh, you know, you hear about in these developing countries, people getting healed miraculously. And we look at that and say, how is it those people can experience those type of miracles and we can't? My, my father-in-law was over in a country uh, on a... Uh, uh, going out to spread the gospel to some people that, that were, was in one of these developing countries and they got out. People are so hungry there for just anything they can find. And especially you come with a message of the gospel and they're out, they do a sound check. They're getting ready for the next night. They do a sound check and 5,000 people show up. That's called hunger, people. You want to come hear somebody go testing one, two, three. So they just decided, hey, we got 5,000 people here. We, we got to do something. This is not right just to send them all back home with just a sound check. So they presented the gospel, and then they started praying for people. And my father-in-law, they brought a lady to him. He was on the side of the platform and said, this lady needs prayer. He said she looked like she was nine months pregnant. She had a big tumor, a growth in her stomach. There's no place we can go around here. We don't have hospitals. This is our own hope. God is our only hope. So they, they placed their hands on her shoulder and they begin to pray for her. And my father-in-law told me it was like air going out of a basketball. It was just <laughs> right in front of their eyes. And the lady started running and jumping and her relatives started running and jumping. And my father-in-law jumped as high as he could. I want to tell you, God is still a healer and you should go to him first. 
I think too, some people have accepted sickness as a way of life. This is just how it's gonna be. Like the man who's by the pool at Bethesda for 38 years and, and the healer walks up to him and has to ask him a question, will you be made whole? And then he comes up with a bunch of excuses. Some people just accept it and say, this is just the way things are. Jesus had to ask the man, the healer, the healer, the physician of all the ages was in the house, but he had to go ask the man, would you like to be made whole? I'm asking you a question today here in this auditorium. Do you want healing in your body or are you just going to accept things as this is the way it is? God, the healer, is in the house today. Then there's one other thing. Sometimes God is doing a greater work than just in our physical bodies. We, we look at it as physically, but God sees it from every angle. Just my theory, but I think one day we're going to get to heaven we're going to be like, Oh, oh, yeah, I see now. I think God sometimes uses sickness for his glory. Some get saved, some repent, some turn to God. There's examples of this in the scripture. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter of the Bible, where the hall of fame people of faith are listed there and list all the things that God did. He delivered and he healed all these people. And it gets down to verse number 39 and it says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised for God had something better in mind. Well, it wasn't better in my mind. That's not the way I pictured things going. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see it. But listen, if you're going to get this healing thing, you have to trust in God even when it doesn't happen on your timetable or on your time schedule. You got to say, God, I trust in you. And you have to realize that God's greatest desire isn't for your physical body. It's for your spiritual one. The Lord said it's appointed to man once to die. Listen, many times we're kind of trapped in that place of, is it the dying time? We all know we're appointed one day to die, but we don't, I don't think any of us want to go today, do we? And yet the scripture says this, Isaiah 57, good people pass away. The godly often die before their time and no one seems to understand that God is protecting them from the evil to come. Have you ever seen that scripture in the Bible? He knows more than you do and more than I do. That's why I don't have a problem with the things that I don't understand. Sure, I have questions sometimes, but I realize that he's got a view that I don't see. That's why the answer to this question isn't, isn't one or the other. Is it God's will to heal or God's will not to heal? Maybe, uh, maybe what you see, you know, it's God's will and he's healing. But I do know this. He's a good, good father. And he's the great physician. And he's watching out for you and for me. And 2 Timothy 4 tells us the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, which is it? Does he rescue me or does he bring me safely to heaven? He does both. And you got to trust him. Number three, what do I do if I pray and God doesn't heal me? Are you, I, I could even rephrase it according to that the passage that I read to you about the leper. Is he willing to heal me? 
is he a physician? Is, you say he's willing, is he willing to heal me? Sometimes we can have faith for other people quicker than we can have it for ourselves. Is he willing to heal me? Is he willing to heal a person who doesn't read his Bible every day? Is he willing to heal somebody that still has some anger issues? Is he willing to heal somebody that still battles addictions in their life? Is he willing to heal me? And I say, yes, he healed a leper. He healed somebody that was unclean physically because he loved them. I want to tell you something. Philippians 1.20 says, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or death. What's interesting is there's this period of 2,500 years where the Bible doesn't recall, uh, record anybody receiving healing. What changes? The physician comes to earth, and he comes with a willingness not seen before to heal the sick. And that story in Mark 1 is unbelievable because lepers lived in colonies outside the city. They had to scream out unclean when people came toward them. And what's unbelievable is this leper asked, are you willing? Jesus says yes, and then Jesus touches him. And that, that word there literally translated means he hugged him. Get that picture in your mind. This person with this communicable disease that's transmittable, that nobody else can go around. Jesus reaches out and embraces him. What's crazy is that in the Old Testament, if you touched a leper, you actually became unclean yourself. The unclean would make the clean unclean. But when Jesus comes, the clean makes the unclean clean. I think I need to say that again if, for nobody else, for myself. When Jesus comes, the clean makes the unclean clean. The whole makes the broken whole. The perfect one makes the imperfect through the blood perfect. He doesn't see your sins because he's looking through the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody ought to rejoice about that today. Let me just say it this way. The clean in Jesus is stronger than the unclean in you. That's tweetable right there. So here's what I would tell you today. Don't seek healing. Seek the healer. The healer is the one that brings healing. I prayed with and for a lot of people and watched as God did a healing work. There's other people I prayed for and their physical body wasn't healed, at least not here on earth. There's no easy answers to all of that. But I, and, and I want you to understand, we live in a fallen world, but we have to trust God. And, and some of you sitting in this room today have pain in your heart. You've got kids on earth and you've got kids in heaven and it hurts. Listen, I want you to know something today. God isn't punishing you with sickness in your body. He can't, number one. He can't punish two people, and he's already punished Jesus on the cross. You hear me? The wrath of God fell on the person of Jesus Christ as he was hanging on the cross. It's not going to fall on you again if you put your faith in him. Two guys are standing in a wheat field in Kansas, and the wind always blows in that flat country. And they're standing out there and looking at their crops for some reason, and they, <clears throat> they notice that a fire is rushing toward them. And 
they start running to try to escape that fire and it's just whipping across there. They realize we're not going to be able to avoid this fire. It's going to catch us. One of them is standing there and he looks at the other one and says, do you have a lighter? And the guy's like, we're trying to get away from fire and you want a lighter? He said, give me your lighter. He lit the ground. He lit a patch of that wheat field. And then he waited a few minutes. And as the wind pushed it, he said, now go where the fire has gone. Because fire can't go where fire's already been. Let me tell you something. The wrath of God, the fire of God fell on Jesus Christ. And if you get in Jesus, the fire can't go where the fire's already been. You are safe. Punishment, the sickness is not a punishment that's coming on your life from God. Put your faith and trust in the great physician. Don't stop praying. What we do is take Jesus' cue for this. The night before Jesus went to the cross, the Bible says he asked God for him to take this cup from him. Notice what Jesus did. He prayed, take this cup. But if you don't, I'll trust you. Take this cup. This is Jesus praying. Did Jesus know the answer? Yeah, he knew the answer. Did he pray the prayer anyway? Lord, let your will be fulfilled in me. I'm going to tell you a story as I close today. Hopefully it will build your faith a little. It's your as mine through the years. My, I was about 17 years old. My grandmother came to our house, clean Texas, to stay with us. And they had discovered a tumor in her body, cancerous tumor. And she was going to have uh, surgery on Monday morning at Scott and White Hospital. Friday night, we had a little gathering at the church. And there was a group of people gathered around my grandmother and they and said, you know, we're going to pray for you that God will touch you and heal your body. And they did. It wasn't a big fanfare. Just, just prayer. She didn't fall over in the floor. Nothing really happened that was looked like it was that demonstrative. Saturday passed, Sunday passed, took her over to the hospital. She told the doctor, I want you to do an x-ray before we do the surgery. Okay. First doctor came back, scratching his head, said, can we see a copy of those x-rays you brought from the hospital in Athens? Disappeared. Second doctor comes back in. We're going to redo the x-ray again. Something's not right here. We're trying to figure out what's going on. This cancer is already in her lymph nodes when she went in. The third doctor came in. Mrs. Walker, I don't, there's something really strange going on here. We've done your x-rays now twice, and we're looking at these x-rays, and for some reason that tumor is gone. We can't find it anywhere we're going to do your uh, lymph nodes again just to see if uh, it still shows up. Came back later saying, there's no cancer in the lymph nodes. We're just going to have to dismiss you and let you go home. Ah, you're sitting there skeptical saying, oh, they just did the x-rays wrong back at that hospital. Oh, they had the test results right there, the x-rays showing the tumor. And God divinely and miraculously healed her body, and she lived another 16 years, I think it was. 
God is the great physician. He's a healer. And he's in the house today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Nobody's looking around. I'm trying to build your faith today because I felt the Lord speak to me that somebody in this room today needs healing in their body. And I believe the healer is here in the house. So if you're here, not making a big scene out of it, I just, I just want you with everybody's head bowed to slip your hand up and say, Pastor Dan, I need healing in my body. Something's going on. And hold that hand up high for just a minute so I can see you and the Lord can see you and identify you. Come on, hold it up high. I'm looking right now. I'm looking right now. Hands all over this building. All right, you can put those hands down. Now, Father... In the name of Jesus, we come to the great physician today. Not talking to just anybody. We're talking to the I am. The one who heals all diseases. And I am believing you right now in a miraculous and divine way, God, to touch people sitting in this room that have acknowledged they need a touch of your presence. And I'm believing God. We're going to get reports back. Supernatural healing occurring in somebody's body. Right now, Holy Spirit, touch. Right now, Holy Spirit, come. My heart is moved with compassion today, Lord, and I want to be like you. That's why you heal people, because you love them. And you love people that raise their hands in this room today. Every one of them, God, you love them. And I'm asking you touch the great physician come close to somebody this morning. And I thank you for it, Lord. I thank you for it because you are a healer. In Jesus' name. If you're, if you're close to somebody and feel comfortable doing this, Pastor Smith can get it all corrected if I come back, if, if I come back again and he lets me. But if you feel okay with doing this, and no pressure on anybody, but if you know the person sitting beside you, slip your hand over on their shoulder or into their hand. And I want you just to right there quietly where you are begin to pray for that person that God knows what's going on in their life today in Jesus name right now a miracle is going to happen in this room Lord we're trusting and believing you for it in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus